Hello friends, welcome to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. And last week, uh, we had talked about how the the weekend that we just went through, uh, January the 30th, 31st, was going to be a huge week in uh, Japanese wrestling. And it was. There was many, 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 many shows uh, that we talked about and that we wanted to watch. And I say wanted... Because, uh, unfortunately, many of the shows that happened during the weekend have not been fully uploaded to the web. Um, I am particularly talking about Stardom's uh, 1.30 show, uh, where Momo Watanabe and Suri were going to fight for the SWA. I mean, they did fight. I just haven't seen it. Because as of today, they only uploaded three matches of the show to Stardom World. Uh, in the same vein, we are still waiting, I think, tomorrow, uh, Wrestle Universe, that's DDT, Noah's, and, and Tokyo Joshi's uh, system, will be uploading uh, the shows from the 30th. From the 30th. Uh, and so, because of that, I don't actually have a lot to talk about. Damn it. And so, it's going to be a short show today. Uh, but, I mean, nonetheless, there's still things to talk about. I did get a chance to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling's new beginning in Nagoya. And I was able to watch an older show from January 28th, uh, being DDT's dramatic 2021 January special. Uh, I wouldn't say this DDT show was particularly uh, noteworthy. Uh, this is kind of like on the road to the big... Um, Tetsuya Endo versus Junakijama match that's coming up uh, in you know mid to late February, but I guess we can just quickly run down this show. We saw uh, Chris Brooks and Akito defeat Misuki Watase and Toi Kojima. Uh, Kojima is the newest, um, I guess, trainee or, or rookie they have, mm, so nothing special. Uh, Gorgeous Matsuno versus Dan Chukudino versus Mount Pauli versus Kazuki Hirata versus Saki Akai in a in the usual second match of the night comedy stuff. Uh, we saw Kazuki Hirata pin Dan Chukudino um, with a, a ghetto clutch after some shenanigans with Dan Chuku's, uh, I guess, obviously, but and. It was a it was a fun match. Uh, there was a lot of jokes about gorgeous Matsuno being knocked out for most of the match, and everyone trying to steal pins on him. Uh, we had Keigo Nakamura, Mao, and Shunma Katsumata uh, versus Disaster Box, the team of Harashima and Toru Washi teaming up with Antonio Honda. It was actually a really really fun match. Uh, the the commentary was saying that. This was uh, Keigo Nakamura's, I guess, like, test to see if he was going to be invited into the sauna club. that The club where uh, Katsumata, Mao, Juki Ueno, and Takeshita Konosuke are all, like, part of it, of a group. Uh, but, I mean, that was just, like, some of the usual stuff that they say in commentary. 
but this was a really really fun uh match we saw like one part of the, the of the match was Toru Awashi just going against Nakamura Mao and Katsumata all by himself uh this was like the baby face in peril sequence of the match but Owashi just looked uh really fantastic just taking on three of them then we had some uh Harashima versus Mao where they did like a striking exchange and throughout the exchange uh Karashima was congratulating Mao because it was his birthday and so every time they would like exchange a strike they would like either make a question or, or answer so it was fun and then at the end just Honda and Keigo Nakamura uh just had like the usual uh Honda Gonda Fox stuff that led to Honda winning the match uh with a I guess like a top rope falling fist so it was this was a really really fun match i i mean it wasn't work rate amazing but it was just really really fun like the second match was fun but that's just like one joke and this one had like a good uh interaction like combi combination between wrestling and comedy and just good good stuff uh we saw juji hino uh versus juki onaja this was it wasn't that good naja is still not particularly good he has lost a lot of weight like a lot but he's still not particularly good he's super green but juji hino right now is the big big uh lad that they have in in ddt i i would believe he is part of damnation and he's just been like having matches with big guys they they, they have this title that's technically similar to the progress atlas title title uh where it's mostly just a uh, big lads wrestling and so juji hino right now i mean right now he defeated naya next up as we saw after match uh ino uh, attack hino <laughs> and it's going to be happening in nagoya and so he's just kind of like going through like the big guys in in the promotion at this point uh, we have Damnation, the team of Daisuke Sasaki, Soma Takao, and the champion Tetsuya Endo versus Junretsu, the team of Hideki Okatani, Makoto Oishi, and teaming up with Jusuke Okada, who was replacing Jun Akijama after Akijama uh, needed to take some time off due to injury. And this was like really good, but it, it also kind of like, I don't know, like there, there's definitely like a, a a difference of you know like it, it wasn't well like well balanced in terms of like one team has the champion endo sasaki like a former U universal champion I, I mean experienced wrestler and soma takao who's just like an amazing wrestler versus hideki okatani who's a rookie oishi who is pretty really good uh and okada who is also arguably a rookie uh I mean, at least in terms of experience, he he's not as experienced as the, as the rest of the of the nation for sure. And so, it just felt like a really one-sided match. Um, we saw, like, I I don't remember seeing much of Sasaki and Okada. I think they came in and out like really quickly. We saw a lot of Oishi versus Somatakao, which was really good. And at the end, Tatsuyendo submitted Okatani. And so it was it was a good match, but it was not that good. But 
the point of just like this complete dominance from Damnation was because uh, at the end of the match, Tetsuya Endo, who is going to be wrestling Jun Kajama, cut a promo on Akajama saying like, "Hey Jun Retsu, like that you really think that you stood a chance against Damnation without Akijama," and so. He's just pretty much like talking shit to the team and saying that Akijama is the only thing that's worth it. And I mean, kind of true. It's kind of true. <laughs> and finally, the main event was uh, a non-title match where Eruption, Kasusada Higuchi, and Juki Sakaguchi defeated Juki Ueno and Konosuke Takeshita. And so the thing here is that uh, Eruption will be defending the tag team titles against Konosuke Takeshita and Mao. I believe that's going to happen in the Nagoya show later in February. And also, Juki Ueno, uh, the Universal Champion right now, uh, named Juki Sakaguchi as his challenger, his next challenger. And I think that's... I don't, I don't think that's happening in Nagoya, but I think it is happening on the 28th of February. And so... The, this match was pretty much to show you to like to build those two matches uh on one side we saw higuchi completely dominate takeshita um just i mean complete control pretty much like takeshita was the baby face in peril but it was really just higuchi who was on the other side uh like sakaguchi would come in and out but like it was higuchi just dominant and so like in that sense we are building that uh Takeshita by himself cannot really go against Higuchi uh, or Saka, or I mean both guys, but mainly like Higuchi in the sense. And so they're adding, you know, that little idea of like can Mao be the backup that Takeshita needs to get the upper hand on eruption. And on the other side, uh, once Juki Weno got the hot talk from Takeshita, uh, we saw Sakaguchi just also completely kills Weno uh submissions and kicks and knees to the head and everything and at the end uh sakaguchi locked in a sleeper and uh he he choked out when like it was a ref stoppage win and so on both senses you're 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 setting up the the dominance from higuchi and sakaguchi over bueno and takeshita and so uh like they are building their teasing uh, title like I guess like a title change in case of Bueno and a title defense in the case of the tag team uh, so I don't know it's it's a good strong display of eruption uh, I don't know I can't imagine Sakaguchi is going to take, to take the title from Bueno I think Bueno is going to keep that title for a while and I can't imagine that they would take the titles off eruption right now especially to the team of Takeshita and Mao that that team feels kind of like it's not random, but it feels kind of random. Uh, so I I imagine both titles will be defenses, but at at least at this point on the road to that sh to those shows, they really really built eruption as really really strong competitors. Um, and that was it. That was the show. Like I said, like it wasn't really like a noteworthy show. It was just a show that's, you know, just there, uh, building up stories and building up uh, feuds towards the big shows in February. Uh, there was one, there were two announcements worth bringing up. One was that uh, Gorgeous Matsumno 
was going to have his uh, big 60th birthday show, but that had to be canceled because in Fukushima, the the venue that he had booked as uh, going to be used for vaccinations uh, for COVID. And so he, he, was, he said like it's canceled, but he hopes to be able to postpone it later in because, I mean, it is the 60th birthday. He wants to do something about it. And the other n announcement that they made in this show is that, well, it was an announcement and you already saw it there, but the Young Bucks' book, uh, Killing the Business, that is the current uh, Iron Man heavy metal weight champion. Uh, the book defeated or pinned Britt Baker on being the elite like a couple of weeks ago. I think, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. And so the book has made it back to Japan and the book will be defending the heavy metal weight title on the 28th. Um, I They didn't say to whom, but that's going to happen. And we did see like a little spot where Hirata uh, found the book and the title. And so he tried to pin the book, but uh, Dan Chocodino attacked him, broke up the pin, and then they just kind of like brawl away. And so the book retains the title for now, but it will have to uh, defend the title on the 28th. So that show on the 28th is really, really looking like strong so far. I don't really, I don't have a card right now, but we can definitely uh, preview it once it comes close to it. And the other show that I watched, which was, I guess, a little bit more noteworthy this week, was New Japan Pro Wrestling's new beginning in Nagoya. This is the first fix, the first big stop in the new beginning tour. It's usually like a lot of road to shows, and then one big one. This one being Nagoya, and then. A couple of road to shows and we are headed into Hiroshima and so this was a five match show of which I would say three are worth watching but they're not necessarily like because they're good matches um, really quick Kazuchika Okada and Toruyano defeated the Bullet Club of Evil and Yuhiro Takahashi that was like a really like meh match like this is the type of match that Okada just like does comedy because he doesn't really care. And so it was enough in match. Uh, we had Kota Ibushi, Master Wato, Sho, and Tomoaki Honma uh, defeat the, the Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Sanada, and Tutsuya Naito when Sho, uh, I think he pinned Bushi or submitted. I don't even remember. I think he, he pinned Bushi. Uh, but this was also like I wouldn't say it was a nothing match because it is building Ibushi versus Nada, it's building Wato versus Bushi, it's building Sho versus uh, Hiromu, and I guess Honda versus Naito. Uh, but it's a lot of people for I think they only got about like 10 ish minutes, and so it's just not enough time for so many people to really do anything. Um, I mean, we did see them pair up, but it was like two minute pair ups and then. Just whatever. So, uh, I don't know. Like, it's both matches. They're they were good. They were better than your usual like American TV wrestling, but it just also like didn't really do much because they didn't have enough time. But you know, like 
I think in between the both of them are 50 minutes. You can totally go watch them and be done like while you eat or something. So it's, it's also like not an incredible waste of time. But then we go into the actual three matches, the big matches that were built to for this show. And let's start from the beginning, I guess. We had the loser must stop using the Mongolian chop. This is Hiroyoshi Tensan versus the great Okan. This, like if you want to see it from a work rate perspective, yeah, it wasn't the greatest match. Uh, Tensan cannot really go anymore. And the great Okan is still, you know, in development. And so, yeah, like it wasn't the greatest match work rate. But the fact that they added this story where the loser must stop using the Mongolian chop, it really made for an, an interesting match, a lot of drama. Uh, because you have to see this match from just from the perspective of where both men are. Hiroyoshi Tensan is definitely on the twilight of his career. Uh, he cannot really go that much. Like, if you think about it, guys that have retired in the last two years, guys like uh, Yushin Liger or uh, Nakanishi, they were in far better physical shape than Tensan, and they retired. And so it really just feels like Tensan... Uh, is reaching that point uh, that he probably doesn't want to, but I mean, well, we don't know. And so Tenten is someone that you could arguably say he can lose the Mongolian chop and pass it on. Uh, but then once that happens, you're pretty much stealing the idea that the retirement tour has begun. And on the other hand, we have the great Okan, which is so so like young in his career in his new like persona now that he has come back from excursion that you could arguably like take away the chop right now and and you know that's it like at this point he's not like his his whole career is not going to be defined by not being able to use his Mongolian chop. And for that matter, you know, at this point he could lose it and then start using it behind the referee's eyes because he's a heel. He doesn't need to maintain like you 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 keep the 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 stipulation in the sense that if a referee sees him he gets disqualified. But you can have him be just a desert heel using the move even when he's not supposed to. So uh, you can you can do things with both of characters. Uh, at the end of the match, Great Okan defeated Tenzan, so Tenzan cannot use the Mongolian chop anymore, which pretty much confirms that you know it's it's time for Tenzan to start packing it up. I I have to imagine that Tenzan is going to go this full year mm, because I would imagine that we they like. Him and Kojima at one point are going to get a shot of the tag titles. I think so. Uh, just as the, as part of the retirement tour. And and then maybe just build to Tenson retiring. You know, maybe for Dominion. Uh, maybe for King of Pro Wrestling. I can't imagine he would get like a big Wrestle Kingdom send-off. But you never know. I mean, Tenson is a big name in Japan. He's like an icon. 
an iconic face in Japanese wrestling. So there's a chance that he gets like a good send off. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, he, nothing has been announced, but I would imagine this is what it means. He is starting to move on. He's starting to pass on his move. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the, the life cycle of a wrestler to, to start putting up the, putting over the young guys and, and passing on, you know, the, the moves. But I, I thought the match was, like I said, it wasn't like a work rate, amazing match, but I thought the drama because of the stipulation was so, so good uh, because I didn't really know who was going to lose. I, I, it was hard for me to see Okan lose this match, but it was also really hard for me to see Tenson lose his move uh, because that is a move that he just has been doing forever. And so uh, it, it, it gave me a lot of like fantastic near falls uh, drama and you know like some some i mean not being able to know who's going to win you know it's it's it makes you excited it keeps your eyes on the on the prize on the match and that's sometimes you don't need to have like not like not everything is worked right you don't need to have like five star matches to really really have people like interested in your stuff so i liked it uh but I mean, granted, it's not work rate is that if that's what you're looking for. Uh, the the next match was the no DQ match between Satoshi Kojima and Will Osprey. This was, I mean, this was considerably better, but uh, maybe I, on a personal preference, I am not accustomed to seeing no DQ matches in New Japan, so a lot of it felt out of place. I I'm not a big fan of seeing New Japan matches that like involve tables and like chairs and chairs, like in the sense of like making a bed of chairs in the ring, uh, like trash cans, like guitar shots, like all of that stuff seems like to me like a bit too much. Like I enjoy seeing, you know, the occasional table spot or, you know, a share shot because you are cheating. But like overall, just straight up no DQ stuff. Like, eh, it's not like it's not the thing that I watched New Japan for. But at the same time, it's it's so rare that we see this type of stuff in New Japan that it did feel like special, like a unique thing. So it it was nice to see it because this this little feud between the United Empire and Tenkosi, like they didn't have a lot of time to build it, but the build was considerably good. Like they managed to, to build like a one month or like not even a month, like, like just like a, a couple of weeks worth of, of into like a blood feud. And, and so like, this was like a really, really good way to, to finalize this little thing. I, I don't know if it's going to be the end. I would imagine it's going to be, I haven't really seen, what these guys are going to be doing in the future, but I, I haven't really seen them in the cards. But this is a good uh, climax to for for these two teams. Uh, it elevates the United Empire a little bit because mm, you know they they lost in Wrestle Kingdom and now they came out like they're coming off strong and they're coming off pissed off, and so that's good for them. That's what they need. And so the match was uh, the match was okay, like. It was good. I 
there was like I said, like a lot of trash cans, tables, ladders, uh, chairs, a guitar. Uh, both guys were just taking bumps for each other like crazy. Like at one point, Osprey got tossed from the top turnbuckle into a ladder bridge outside the ring. Uh, Kojima took a hell of a power bomb uh, into a table in the corner, and I mean we know the Japanese tables are nothing to laugh about. Uh, so it was just like a really, really strong. At the end, Osprey won with the Stormbreaker, and, and that was it. And, you know, just a strong, strong win for Osprey. And finally, we got into the main event, and this is the match that had most people talking. This is the match that you need to go out of your way to watch. This was the never open way championship match between Shingo Takagi, the champion at the point at the time. Uh, versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, the challenger. And like I've seen people give this match five stars. I went with 4.5, but like given where we are right now, and, and like, I mean, it was a fantastic match. Uh, it was like, I wouldn't necessarily call it a clash of styles because. Their styles are not necessarily like that different. It's not like we're seeing like a high flyer versus a brawler, you know, or a technician. Uh, their styles, one is more physical and one uh, just happens to be more psychological. So I would say it's more of a clash of how both men work their own personal matches. And in a sense, I thought that that was like that was obviously the strength because you're going to force uh Shingo to slow down a little bit and to sell a lot there's a lot of selling in this match uh but at the same time like sometimes Tanahashi matches can be somewhat slow and so now you have like Shingo's explosiveness and stiffness to really bring out like the the gravity and the brutality into a Tanahashi paced match and so it's like a good, it's a good, like, co they complemented each other. It was a good balance. Uh, the the one thing that I do have to say that I that I thought that the clash of, of styles, quote unquote, uh, kind of hurt the match. And it's, it's something that I mentioned last week. I, I was worried that Shingo's, like, style was just way too fast, way too stiff for Tanahashi. And... It wasn't in the sense of being dangerous for Tanahashi to take strikes or anything, but it was in the sense that uh, I I noticed it several times. May, on on some occasions, you would see Chingo like get in position for whatever move was next, and Tanahashi's it's just not as quick as Chingo, and so sometimes Chingo had to wait in the spot like maybe one or two seconds uh, for, for Tanahashi to, to get to him. And like it's, it didn't hurt the match. It, it really didn't hurt the match. Nothing looked out of time or misplaced or like a botch or anything. There were just like little things that I noticed. Like there was one particular one or like two. Uh, one was in the like Chingo coming in from outside to inside through the ropes. And that's where Tanahashi goes for the dragon screw on the ropes. And in that one, I just remember seeing Chingo like 
bent over the ropes for, for two or three seconds before Tanahashi went for the leg. Another one was, uh, I think Tanahashi just kind of held on, on Chingo like for five, six seconds, or even maybe more, maybe ten, before he uh, countered Chingo's, I, I think, like strike. And so little things like that where like Tanahashi just took a little bit more time uh and uh, and maybe it's not that he took more time maybe chingo just moves way too fast like he just naturally moves way too fast that he was just like he had to like force himself to to wait for tanahashi but that was like really the only thing that i noticed the, the rest of it was just fantastic uh, both men worked on each other's legs uh chingo did kind of work on tanahashi's head too and, and talking about head, there was one really, really scary spot where Chingo hit the main in Japan and just straight up dropped Tanahashi on his head. Uh, it looked more like Tanahashi didn't fully like, uh, I would say rotate because he did kind of rotate, but he didn't tuck in his neck or his head as much as he could. And so he just like straight up like dropped on the crown of his head. And it was really scary. Uh, I mean, we haven't heard anything bad and uh, Hashi did finish the match, but, uh, it was just scary when it happened. Uh, like <laughs> it was really, really like straight in front of the camera that you couldn't have missed it. But that was really the only scary stuff. Obviously there's stuff like Tanahashi hitting the high five flow to the floor and stuff like that. But even those spots seem pretty good. Uh, like he was landing properly. He wasn't like doing the Barbaro Cabernario, just falling on his knees. Like he looked pretty good. Um, and at the end, when when the match was coming to an end, uh, Tanahashi just, you know, had a really good recovery. He started going for high five flows and he, he won. And I, I was thinking about this, uh, and we mentioned it last week. Like I think Tanahashi taking this title it's going to be good for the title, for matchups, uh, and even for Tanahashi himself. It's going to be interesting. You know, Chingo has had it for a while. He's been in the mix, you know, with the with Suzuki's and with Ishii and Goto. Like it's the usual type of guys, but Tanahashi's really new into this whole never open weight thing. I I think we may get. Like, if we can get, like, Tanahashi versus Ishii or Tanahashi versus Goto, like, it's been so long since we had, like, a proper feud between those guys that it could be fresh. It could be interesting. Uh, after the match, we did see the great Okan come out and attack Tanahashi and pretty much uh, make his intentions clear that he's going to be coming for the Never title. And that's okay. Uh, I can't imagine great Okan is going to beat Tanahashi for that, for the title. I think it's too soon uh, because for that matter, I mean, just have Great Okan defeat Takagi. Like, there's no point in giving Tanahashi like a one month uh, title reign. But I, I think it's going to be like, it's going to be good for Okan to like kind of put him into a position of now knowing that he's the never open weight guy. Obviously, Cobb is also. So, you know. Once Cobb is gone, Okan can, can fight for the Never Open. Uh, and it should be good. I, I, I don't have complaints on, on 
Great Okong being the next challenger. But I am really interested in seeing Tanahashi retain the title, obviously. And then, you know, maybe see another Chingo Takagi match. Like I said, see Anishi, Akav, Agoto, like those type of challenges that we don't see as often uh, from Tanahashi. And and so I think there is a positiveness in this uh, going into Tanahashi's 2021. I think it's going to be interesting. It obviously gives something for Tanahashi to do. I mean, we know he's not like right now. The IC title is locked with Ibushi because of the double title thing. And as long as Tanahashi cannot travel to the US there, he's not going to be able to challenge uh, Moxley or Kenta or whoever has a title, the US title. And so it's okay for now to to have Tanahashi do this that way. You know, he can still do stuff. He can be in the shows. He can carry a title. He can. I mean, he's probably going to elevate that title because it's, it's not necessarily the title that a lot of people see as anything special other than the the brawlers title. So it's going to be good, I think. And like I said, like overall, I think the show was it was noteworthy for the last three matches, uh, especially for the last one. It's a five match show. You can easily go and watch it and be done. It's it's shorter than a movie at this point. And I don't know, like definitely go watch the, the main event. Uh, it was I I think it's going to be in many people's top 10 matches of the year. Uh, potentially, actually, because it's, it's an early match of the year contender. I, I didn't personally think it was better than White versus Ibushi, for instance, or or Okada versus Osprey, but it's definitely good. It's definitely like a really good start of the year for New Japan to have these type of matches. And that really is gonna do it for for Japan this week. Like I said, it's it's kind of short. I am hoping to be able to watch the rest of the Stardom show. Uh, maybe tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, likewise, I want to see the the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Anniversary show uh, that happened in Akihabara. So, I mean, maybe if there is time, we can do like a mini show for one of them or maybe both. If not, we may talk about them next week. Uh, but that's really much all that I saw, there was other stuff going around in wrestling, especially in the US, uh, but I didn't really watch any of it. I didn't watch like the, the 24 hour marathon. It was just way too much. And I'm, I'm not particularly invested right now in, in any of those guys. Um, there is an announcement. There was an announcement uh, two days ago, I guess, that Bloodsport, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport is going to be coming back uh, two nights. Well, it's it's yeah it's it's two nights. I think they're selling it as Bloodsport four and Bloodsport five, uh, which is an interesting way to to sell it. Uh, because I I don't necessarily like I wasn't really sure if it's going to be a two night Bloodsport or if it's actually Bloodsport and and two dates. But once I saw the the graphic today, it does seem like it's going to be like two different weekends. And so it's probably going to be Bloodsport 4 and Bloodsport 5. But uh, there is a card announced already for Bloodsport 4 that is going to take place on February the 13th. 
I think it's going to be you can find it like on an iPay-per-view at bloodsport.watch and the card so far, I, I don't know if there's going to be additions to any of these card any of these lineups the card for Bloodsport 4 is uh, Diego Perez versus Gil Guardado I don't actually know any of these guys uh, Royce Isaacs versus Collar McCall uh, Royce Isaacs was a former, I think he's already former NWA Tag Team Champion with uh, that guy that was in Impact that I don't remember his name right now. It's it's escaping my head, but he was uh, he was in he's in NWA. Uh, Super Beast versus Bad Dude Tito. I also don't know these guys. Uh, Jr. Kratos versus Alex Coughlin. This is right now a match from the New Japan Dojos, uh, the New Japan uh, LA Dojos. We have Cal Jack versus Nolan Edward. We have Simon Grin versus Tom Lawler in a battle of of the Team Filthy uh, competitors, teammates, former teammates. We have in the semi-main event, we have Harry Smith, a.k.a. David Boy Smith Jr. versus Calvin Tankman, and this should be good if they want to do a brawl. But the last time I saw Tankman try to like Matt wrestle, it wasn't particularly good. Uh, the good thing right here is that Harry Smith is fucking huge, and so they could have like a really good brawl and slam each other and be really good. And the main event, which actually looks really interesting, really good, is Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson versus Jeff Cobb. That should be a fucking banger. Uh, I love seeing Cobb in this. I want to see Cobb in a different type of match because Dickinson has a really specific, like, not a specific type of match, but he has a style. I would love to see someone like Cobb against... Maybe a Harry Smith, maybe like a Tom Lawler. Just, uh, you know, I want to see Cobb really either slam each other like with someone or go Matt wrestle. But that is the lineup for Bloodsport 4, like I said, the 13th of February. Uh, Bloodsport 5 takes place on the 20th, but there is no card announced. There, there's also like not even like a roster announced. I would imagine that a lot of these guys from the first night are going to be in the second night. But I am surprised that there's no women involved. So I would expect. I I think. Uh, oh, man, I forgot her name. The, But like the last time we saw Bloodsport, there was a women's little tournament. And I do believe the champion right now just had surgery, so she may not be in. I don't know if Killer Kelly is still in the U.S. I think she is. Uh, but obviously, Allison K is always there. Layla Hirsch is always around at this point. So uh, maybe they can be part of Bloodsport 5. But yeah, like there's no roster. There's no matches. There are probably going to be announced. If not after the 13th, maybe this week, hopefully. But that is pretty much it. Um, yeah, like like I said, like not a lot, a lot happening until we can get uh, shows uploaded. But um, 
the one thing that did happen this week, and yes, you know it, it's the Impact Traffic Report. Welcome everyone to Impact Wrestling! And so indeed, Impact Wrestling did happen February the 2nd. The show opened with Havoc along with Nevea defeating Tasha Steeles along with Kira Hogan. So, uh, I guess there's really not much built to this. Uh, obviously, this was the pair up, the, the tag match for the Impact tag team, the Knockouts tag team titles. And so, uh, they're pretty much building to a rematch. I It hasn't been officially made for No Surrender, but I think it's just going to happen at No Surrender. And so... This week we had Havok defeat Tasha Steels. Next week it will be announced later in the show. Uh, it's going to be Nevaeh versus Kira Hogan, which I'm guessing that one maybe. That I mean that I really could be Nevaeh pinning Hogan too, just to cement that both Havok and Nevaeh wins over Tasha Steels and Hogan, and then go into that actual tag team title match and have Hogan and Steels uh, win that match. So. Nothing match. It's always weird to see Havoc as like getting like taken out with someone as small as Tasha Steels, but it is what it is. Um, match was okay. Nothing special, to be honest. We then went into what I guess was the, a little bit of the theme of the whole night. And we know that Tommy Dreamer will be getting a title shot at No Surrender against Rich Swan. It's the way they're celebrating his big 50th birthday. birthday. And so, yes, last week, it just kind of seemed like a throwaway thing. It's just going to be like, man, like two baby faces going at it because it's one guy's birthday. Doesn't matter. But Impact decided and... I, I'm happy they did. They decided to add a little story into this match. And what we saw was Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer. They were talking backstage about uh, their their match at um, No Surrender. But they also have the, the, the main event tonight. They're facing Chris Bay and Moose. And so Swan, like, not in a heelish way like he said it in with the best intentions he said to dreamer like hey man like in tonight's match let me do the work let me go in and, and i'll take care of those guys and so like you you know so you don't get hurt you're you're so you're healthy for no surrender i want to get the best drummy dreamer that i can get and with even with the best intentions uh dreamer took that comment as Rich Swan was telling him that he couldn't he couldn't go or hang with the young boys anymore, that he was old. It 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 sounds like like he's underestimating him. And so Dreamer kinda like took it like like he didn't overreact or anything, but he was like, you know, like I can still go like nah nah, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah. But but you can see that dream the dreamer was shaken from from that comment. And so it's just a little dissension between the two of them it's going to fuel at least some rivalry going into the title match we know that dreamers not gonna win i i want to believe that dreamers not gonna win but at least there's like a little you know a little oomph into the match which 
it's good because impact plus specials don't always tend to have much going on for them other than you know their impact plus specials uh but now they've started to add you know title changes they've started to add uh you know a little a little more work to those to those shows and they now feel like pay-per-views uh some of them they're not the big four but they feel more important and worth watching uh we had carl anderson and doc gallows they're pretty much just talking about being the tag team champions uh james storm and chris Saban approached them and they wanted a title match the group brothers said that like they didn't want to wrestle today uh because tomorrow <laughs> in terms of impact uh impact day they're going to be teaming with kenny omega in that uh, beach break thing against moxley and phoenix and someone else oh pack and so uh they didn't want to fight today but then but they agreed to to wrestle for the titles next week so next week we are going to be having Storm and Saban versus the Group Brothers for the tag team titles. Uh, we had Josh Alexander defeat Mattman Fulton, uh, who was second by Ace Austin. So th this was kind of weird, and it's kind of weird because of something that's going to happen later on. But we've s last week we saw Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander team up and defeat Fulton and Austin, and it kind of seemed like they were going to build into maybe like a tag team with alexander and cordona uh but this week josh alexander came out by himself and he wrestled fulton and he had some trouble but he defeated fulton single-handedly with a j driller and like i was super happy about this it means that like we're done with this josh alexander losing shit uh, he's fantastic and he should be getting wins. I don't know where this is going to go though because as we are going to see later on Matt Cardona seems to be like now heading into a different program and so if this leaves Josh Alexander by himself versus Ace Austin and Fulton like I have zero complaints. Ace Austin versus J Josh Alexander sounds pretty good uh, but I don't know where this is going to lead beyond that match I I don't know what Alexander is going to be doing. And that's the thing. Like, he's not a main event type of guy, or at least he's not going to be chasing that type of title. But I also cannot see him. Like, I don't know what he's going to be doing. But but whatever he's going to be doing, uh, it does seem like he's going to be getting some wins. And that's all I wanted to see for Alexander. So, you know. So far, so good. And, and the match was actually, it was short, but it was decent. It was like one-sided because Fulton is just like this destruction derby type of guy. But at the end, Alexander did make a decent comeback with German. He hit a, a power bomb and then the, the J driller for the win. Uh, backstage, we, we saw Brian Myers. Actually, no, it wasn't backstage. Uh, he came out to the ring. Brian Myers came out to the ring. And he's wearing an eye patch because Eddie Edwards attacked him last week. And he actually had a really decent promo. And it kind of made him seem slightly babyface-ish for me. Uh, he's saying that he's the most professional wrestling in the world. And because of that, it was just bound 
to to happen that he was going to be face to face with the most unprofessional wrestler in the world, that being Eddie Edwards. And so he wanted to wrestle Eddie Edwards at No Surrender, but he he seemed to have like a, a doctor's note that he couldn't wrestle. Uh, but at that specific point, Eddie Edwards ran down and attacked him. And so, like, I think commentary even made the notion like, oh, is he, is he like a grown man with a doctor's note? And it was like, yes, this is fucking wrestling. Like, wrestlers need to keep, need to be cleared to wrestle by a medic, by a doctor. That's exactly what he's saying. He's not clear to wrestle. So I don't know, like to me, seeing just Edwards jump him when he's not clear to wrestle, it it made Brian Myers to me seem like the baby face and Edwards like the crazy heel. Uh, but anyway, after like Edwards attacked him, Hernandez rushed the ring and attacked Eddie Edwards. And Myers told Edwards that at no surrender, he will be facing Hernandez. So I guess the story right now is that uh, like maybe Myers cannot wrestle. I don't know. But after that, Matt Cardona, who we just mentioned, came down and made the save. And so I don't know. Like, it kind of feels like they're building Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona, which they've always been tag team partners in the other promotion. So they may just want to be they may just want to wrestle each other for the first time and, you know, and do something. Uh, but I don't know. It's weird because I, I, at this point, I'm guessing that it's not going to be Josh Alexander Cardona anymore. But are we getting Eddie Edwards and Cardona now as a team? Uh, so I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, next time we saw Johnny Swinger and he's running a casino. I think it's called like Swinger's Paradise. And Fallout Buy is there and Alicia Edwards is there. And, and if Ba and Edwards are there and, and Johnny Bravo then you know it's the comedy thing that's of the season I have no idea what this is or where this is going I yeah like zero zero idea <clears throat> but it was two minutes no complaints I love Johnny Swinger it's okay and, and back into the the Cardona and Edwards thing we now saw them backstage and Edwards is proposing that him and Cardona team up against Myers and Hernandez, uh, which would be kind of weird to do it before No Surrender because technically Myers is still not clear to wrestle. And the whole reason he's not wrestling at No Surrender is because he's not clear to wrestle. So I don't know how they're going to do this one. It seems convoluted. Uh, I, I think the wrestling should be okay. I, f I actually have hopes for Hernandez versus Edwards. Hernandez hasn't been exactly that good, um, except for that hoss fight that he had with Falaba. So maybe Eddie Edwards can get a good match out of Hernandez. And, I mean, for the most part, Edwards versus Myers was really good. Cardona versus Myers should be okay. And Cardona versus Hernandez, I have zero idea how good it could be. It, was, it could probably be really, really bad. But, I don't know, we'll see where it goes. Next up, we have Larry D with Acer Romero defeat Crazy Steve with Rosemary. Mm, this was this was also kind of one-sided. Like I wouldn't call it a squash, but Larry D just kind of dominated the match and then the only thing that Crazy Steve was trying to do in order to get offense was bite Larry D. 
and then at the end crazy steve just went for a springboard or something and larry d caught him with an elbow and pinned him and that was it after the match we saw rosemary kind of like give both triple xl guys like the dirty eye and those guys left so we are going to see later on and we can skip to that right now and uh Tennille Dashwood and Kayla with a K approached Triple XL during an interview. Uh, because Triple XL are saying like like we didn't attack like Rosemary, like we're not scared of her, but we're not going to punch a, a woman. And so Tennille Dashwood walked up and was like, Hey, if you guys have trouble punching women, I have no problem punching Rosemary. So if you guys need me, you know where to find me. And so Triple XL like you know what? No surrender. If the K can find themselves a third person, then we can do this. So it's I I, I think that this one's is important to mention because it seems like the K is going to be adding a third person to the team. I mean, it used to be Abyss. Obviously, it's not going to be Abyss, but it's going to be interesting to see who it is. Uh, because it has to be like in the whole realm of the under realm <laughs> uh so it's going to be interesting to see who they pick i hope it's someone new and someone that would that will be part of the team and not just you know hornswoggle with face paint so i don't know it, i think it's going to be interesting but it does seem like we're going to be getting triple xl and tenille dashwood and i'm guessing caleb's going to be there versus rosemary crazy steve and someone else that that one i'm just straight up interested right now to see who that third person is going to be and with more time i mean i think crazy steve should have like a good performance but uh going back to what we skipped we saw gia miller interview trey miguel and trey miguel is talking about how he used to have like two crutches in zachary winston xavier but now those crutches were gone and he was going to show that he could stand on his own and suddenly Sammy Callahan interrupt him, interrupted him and he brought up that like Trey McGill has the tools to be a good wrestler but not a top guy on impact uh, because he lacks you know like the usual the killer instinct and the confidence and whatever and he was saying that like Xavier and Wentz were just crutches like saying that they were crutches was just like an excuse and he was already like throwing them under the bus and so in a really calm way, like Callahan pushed Trey Miguel's buttons and he seemed to like like really start something with him. This gave me hint, really similar hints to what uh, Eric Young is doing with Cody Diener uh, in the sense that Sammy Callahan could try to turn Trey Miguel heel, but it does seem like it's going to be Trey Miguel versus Callahan going forward. Which was what we talked about last week. That it seemed like the best thing to to do. I guess for those both guys. Because like Callahan right now feels like no more Eddie Edwards please. And like he doesn't really belong in the main event. Like at least for the title. And Trey Miguel is coming back to like an impact that doesn't need him in the main event either. But he also coming. He's coming back and 
putting him back in the X division would feel just like you came back for this, you know? Uh, so I think this feud should be good. It should elevate Trey Miguel into a higher status. It will help him develop, uh, you know, like just doing your own program with, yeah, with, without the crutch of the rascals. So it'll be interesting. He's definitely like showing way more, more fury. So th this one's one that's going to be interesting. I, I would imagine this is going to go all the way to rebellion. Callahan versus Trey Miguel. Uh, then we had Jordan Grace with Jazz defeat Susan with Deanna Parasa and Kimberly. So, like right now, we have Jordan Grace and Jazz feuding with the whole team of Parasa, Lee, and Susan. I am still thinking that we're going to get Jazz versus Deanna Parasa at one point, but this is getting kind of weird. Well, not weird, just like I think we're adding like too many pieces to the to the puzzle uh the match was nothing special i actually find this two young character of susan considerably funny like it's really really good acting but um the match was just uh susan having the advantage because parasa and kimberly kept interfering until jazz and jordan grace managed like to take them out for enough time for grace to hit the the grace driver and susan and win the match was nothing special uh, I wouldn't say it was, it was okay. It wasn't bad, but it was, it wasn't good either. It was just okay. Uh, but after the match, we saw the team of Farazza, Lee and Susan attack Grace and, and Susan and ODB, uh, would make her return to the promotion to, to, I mean, for the save. And so now we have two trios of women, uh, Jordan Gray seems to be building this team of veterans and and I mean Parasso has her team that she's been now together for a month or so now and so the the thing here is that I don't want to see ODB get a title shot I want to see Jazz but I fear that they may give the title shot to ODB I don't know for how long ODB is going to be here it may just be for the tapings, hopefully, but yeah, that one does kind of worry me, and actually, and it kind of worries me that it's going to be. I'm guessing that's maybe like our North Surrender match for Parasso, ODB, which eh doesn't really sound exciting. At least I would imagine that Parasso would win that one. Uh, we had a Matt Hardy and Private Party little skate backstage they are complaining that Saban and Storm are getting title shots when they are indeed the, the I guess the number one contenders and and but Matt Hardy's like dude 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 like chill out like uh you guys already have your your title shots secured anyway like for no surrender it doesn't matter if it's against Storm and Saban or the Good Brothers you guys are going to be going for those titles and arguably, you already defeated Storm and Saban, so don't worry. Like right now, just focus on on winning tomorrow's battle royale at Dynamite, so you can also get the Young Bucks title. Which, even if he's a heel, that is true. What he said, what my heart said, it's just true. Uh, 
we had our, our weekly AW commercial with Tony Collins and Tony Schiavone. This was something special. They hyped uh, Beach Break, and they uh, Tony Khan actually brought up that he allowed Moxley to go to New Japan because we just saw Moxley uh, show up in New Japan strong to to face off with Genta, and so there you go. Like both New Japan and AW publicity on an impact uh, episode. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Tony Khan is really, really enjoying being a heel. He he seems to enjoy it so much. And we had uh, a non-title match between the exhibition champion TJP and Rohit Raju. And Rohit won this match. Uh, I mean, it was expected because this is going to build to a title match down the line at No Surrender. But this was actually really good. Uh, the, the match was TJP was using submissions while Rohi was using striking and just just because of like the nature of both attacks like Rohi was having was causing way more damage than than TJP and so Rohi started to gain control and got more momentum and it took TJP to change his like game into more like aerial stuff for him to really get like regain some control of the match but at the end uh as we've seen with tjp several times he goes under the ring and he likes to come out from the other side but rohiraju had him scouted he made his homework and he had mahabali chira underneath the ring ready for tjp to pull this stunt and so he got caught Mahavali Shira choke slam. I think it was a choke slam. Uh, TJP on the apron and then just pushed him into the ring for Rohit to to pin him and win. And this was good. This like I to me this makes total sense. It actually made Rohit seem like a smart heel because he kind of like outsmarted the, the baby face in this in this particular match and. Uh, you know, it's it's the return of the Desi Huit squad, which I I love, especially like this specific team of Rohit and Shira. I really really enjoyed it when they were together, and so no complaints. We are going to be getting TJP versus Rohit at No Surrender, and obviously Shira is going to be with Rohit, so it's going to be. I I would imagine that Fala Ba is going to go back and and back up TJP at one point. But, I mean, it should be, like, a good challenge for TJP to to both, like, to survive Rohit when he has Chira along with, with him. So, it's all good. Um, and I also would imagine that past No Surrender, Rohit may just have to be taken out of the X Division title scene. Mm, because... I mean, he already lost a couple of times, and now he's losing the one-on-one -on -one match where he has backup. There's not many arguments that you can make after that. And we may just see uh, Ace Austin go after the title at this point. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We had a video of Eric Young and his uh, Byland by the Sime group explain why they didn't attack us and jake and it's pretty much because they, they're they're pretty much saying that <clears throat> by them by the sign is not for it's not open for everyone the family is not open for everyone 
but Jake has an invitation if he so chooses. Uh, and later on, Gia Miller interviewed Joss, cousin Jake about the invitation, and Jake said like he didn't have an answer right now, but he will have one next week. I, I really feel this is going to be a big babyface push for cousin Jake. I would imagine it's going to be the usual like uh, swerve where he's going to accept, but then oh he doesn't, and he just attacks him, and. It's going to be weird because Cousin Jake by himself, like the the money match. Uh, I think we need to see like Cousin Jake versus Cody Diener one on one, but the money match is Cousin Jake versus Eric Young, and I would imagine that's going to come eventually. Uh, we'll we'll see how they build up to it, but it does seem like Cousin Jake has has some good plans for him uh, coming up. So, I mean, I'm just happy for him. Um, and finally, we get to the main events. And that was Moose and Chris Bate defeating the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer. Obviously, no titles on the line. So, the, the big thing about this match was, as we saw earlier, there's like this little dissension between Dreamer and Swan. Like, it's not real dissension, but there is something there. There's a little seed where Dreamer... Uh, where Swan thinks that Dreamer, you know, he he's he's trying to be good with him and just let him come down, and Dreamer didn't take it take it the nicest way, and so the the match actually kind of built towards that where Swan was indeed inside the ring for the most time, but he was always the babyface in peril, uh, and so the guy who said that he was gonna take care of things tonight like had to rely on dreamer in order to to not get killed you know so there's that and then commentary kept building on tommy dreamer being you know his injuries comparing him to terry funk you know the age everything and so th they're really building this like this little thing like this little rift between them and at the end of the match to make just like to cement things uh the finish saw moose set up the lights out on Dreamer, but Dreamer moved out of the way and sent straight moves like straight into Swan, and Swan was legal, so he moves pinned Swan. So at this point, I think it it continues the idea that Moose deserves a title shot from Swan, uh, and there may be some stuff here as where like I don't know how they're gonna do it, but like I would imagine that Swan. It's going to say like, "Hey, like, you send moves straight into me or whatever." I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're 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 definitely adding a little bit of story into this Swan versus Dreamer match. Like I said, I'm happy that it's not just going to be like a throwaway, whatever. There's going to be a, at least a little drama in it, and and that was it. Uh, moves posed with both titles to close the show, and he looked like a total champion, like the rightful champion that we deserve. And that was it for the show. Uh, I didn't really think the the show was particularly like, anything special. It was an okay show. Um, like sometimes I say that Impact feels like it went by really fast. This one, actually, like at two points of the show, I felt that it was running a bit like slow. But the main event and the TJP ver uh, versus Rohi Raju matches were particularly good. Um, 
and it does seem like they're they're putting some effort into building no surrender uh with some actual stories so i mean that's good but yeah like not not especially a, a noteworthy show from impact this week and that is going to be it for us this week uh like i said maybe i will be uh watching stardom and tokyo joshi this week as long as soon as they post the shows uh hopefully it won't take long <laughs> uh so maybe uh, i mean it'll depend on on the quality of the shows to see if they're not worthy too but if they are we may have a mini so this week too uh if not i will see you next week and remember to go to spotify and itunes to find this show share like subscribe leave a heart leave a, a thumbs up whatever they have you can go to twitter to dw revolution where i will be posting this show where i share a bunch of stuff and comments i complain a lot you can go to drestlingrevolution.com the newly redesigned fresh out of the oven wrestlingrevolution.com uh where you can find all the written versions of the shows that we recap on wrpx uh, we have also the discussion board where you can go in and have like longer conversations, you know, whatever topic you want to talk about uh, wrestling related. And finally, if you want to read the full recap of Impact, you can go to figure 4 Online. Uh, that is figure4wonline.com. And you can find this week's and every other week's Impact report. And that is it. I hope you have a good, good week. I hope you will be good and well rested for next week uh and hopefully we'll talk again this week too uh i really do want to watch some some joshi wrestling but without further ado i'll see you all later my friends goodbye well that's about it son of a gun we've enjoyed it looking forward to next week i guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it but we'll be right back again for Corey macklin dave brown lance russell saying bye-bye everybody <laughs>